Thank you very much. <laughs> they turned on the light. Oh, how did they do that? I don't know. Somebody You're right. It was it nice was, there. It's going to be a little lower. Then the, if they can see the board. Started. My first question is, why are you all the way in the back? Because we're cold. Is it warmer there? No, it's warmer up here where all of our BTUs come together. Why are you all in the back? We have chairs here in the front. Ladies, snuggle up close to each other. First, I want to I want to commend you for coming out with such a serious nephesh. In like what, 20 degrees? <laughs> I'm really impressed. I must say, very impressive. Okay, first I want to just ask, does everybody have their microvision workbook? Yes. I have a lot of copies. I'm not a lot, I have copies. Can I do that for you, Mrs. Feldman, so you Yeah, can there are five pages in each one. Yeah, thank you. This one only has four, so. Can I get from Rachel? Does she Yeah. Okay, and the other thing I want to ask you, as we're getting settled, as your minds are getting ready to really work, does everybody, I made a few more of our pamphlets of what is the purpose of my existence. I'm only giving it to you if you're actually going to look at it and think about it and meditate on it and speak it out loud and use it. If you're not going to do that, I'm not giving it to you. Are you going to use it? Okay. Anybody else need one? Okay, <clears throat> so I want to explain to you what we're going to do tonight, okay? We have two parts to what we're doing tonight. Thank you, Rachel. The first part that we're doing is we want to finish up the steps of the vision. So I'm just going to explain the last two steps, and then we're going to finish with that for now, and we're going to move on to the hop. I want to explain what the hop is, 
and how it's going to train us and change our lives. You all ready for that? But before we do that, I just want to remind you of something we said last week. We were quoting from Rabbi Huda Halevi, the most beautiful. He was a poet also. And I just want to say this again because it is so exquisitely beautiful. When you hear this, you just want to cry from the beauty of it. He said, the, I'm going to read it in the Hebrew first. You can hear the flow of it, and then I'll explain it. I, I sought closeness with you. With my whole heart, I, I reached out for you. And when I came forward to greet you, there you were coming to find me. That's what we're doing in Living Carbonated. If we work every day for a few seconds, if we do a few little things, we will become more and more aware of the Kodesh and closer and closer to him. And that is our purpose in this world. And it gives us each our own journey, our own challenges, our own strengths. We want to find out what our journey is, what strengths we have, what challenges we have. There is a way to grow closer to him, to find peace and serenity and self-expression and love. We want to become speakers of a language of love, a language of unity with others and with the Kodesh Baruch with ourselves, and this is all possible. Rabbi Rukhun Lubavitch, who is like the king of the Muslim movement, the giant of the Muslim movement, said himself, if a day goes by and I don't attend to Muslim, to, to this, to living carbonated is what he meant. <laughs> and I don't attend to living carbonated, I feel it cooling down inside of me. Now this is a man who was in charge of every aspect of himself, but he needed to think about these things every single day. So, so do we, and that's what we're trying to create. We want it to be a happy, pleasant, comfortable moving forward. Not pressured, not negative, not you should, not this is awful, but how can I be there for Kodesh How can I be there for others? What do I need to fill myself with so that I can be alive to my obligation in this world? So in order to do that, one of the things you can do is read one page of this pamphlet every day, especially the, the five neshama principles, which will really help. We're going to be working on those. And also this page, um, it's page seven. When I'm close, I love you, Hashem. And then all the statements we say when we are actually aware that there's Rebun Shalom who loves us and is abundant and unlimited in what? He allows us to do. Just say, okay. So now here's the thing. We've been working at creating a vision. When you first start with creating this vision, you have to break it down into these six steps. But it's sort of like driving. Like you have to learn how to put your foot on the brake. You have to learn how to steer. You have to learn when to change the shift. And all these different things you think, oh my gosh, there's so many different things I have to remember. It's so hard. After a while, it becomes natural to do all of those things. You don't have to think about it, right? So that's the same thing with the vision. We broke it down into these steps, but ultimately, when you make your pocket vision, whether it's for your micro vision or an overall vision, and you dream, you're going to include these six steps. It's so that it's not, what I think was so hard for everybody in the workshop was breaking down the different pieces, because 
They're so interconnected, right? So we're just going to go through the last two pieces now. Then you have all the six pieces of what it takes to actually become something that you dream of being. Does anybody in here have a hope or a dream of something they want to be that's a little bit more than what they are now? I see a couple of nodding heads. That's good. So we're going to talk about, you can start practicing the six steps. Nothing happens overnight. It's going to make a difference. Step number one, everybody. What's step number one? You know, I feel like one of the, like a teacher actually. <laughs> and she's just taught a whole parasha. And then somebody comes in to test the kids and ask them a question and the room is completely silent. Yeah. And, she, and the teacher's thinking, I know we discussed this at least 30 <coughs> times. At least 30 times. What? What is the first step? Thank you. What? What is the? What is the question that we ask? That's the actual vision. You know this. You have a paper in your in your book. I think it's page three. Yeah. And it's all of this. Is it? And by the way, just to say this, this is very important. First of all, everything we're saying tonight is so crucial. So just, it's not me. It's the ideas. Please listen to every word. It's so important. Before we start the vision, we have to know about something in our life that's not the way we want it to be and figure out the impact. Because if you don't figure out the impact, why would you want to do anything? I'm fine the way I am. What's the impact? Let's say, I'm going to use this, uh, this um, example tonight as we work on our things. Let's say I'm an extremely disorganized person, okay? My house is a mess, I miss appointments, I don't have the kids ready on time, I don't have myself ready on time, I never have the Shabbos meal ready, Friday afternoon is a misery because I'm so disorganized, okay? So the first thing I want to do is recognize that I am disorganized. I love myself, I'm a good person, I try to grow, I try to keep mitzvahs. Hashem gave me the challenge of being a disorganized person. Got it? So the first thing I want to do is discuss the impact in writing, and you have those pages in your, in your resource book, what is the impact of somebody who is disorganized? What is it, how does it impact me? Well, first of all, I feel terrible about myself because I can never get anywhere on time. And people are angry at me, and at work, I'm supposed to finish projects, and I'm always behind the eight ball, and I've gotten some letters of whatever from the you know, supervisor, and my house is never quite right, and my husband's frustrated, and my friends don't enjoy going to a movie or whatever with me because I'm never on time, and I can't go to the airport because I'm never, you know what I'm saying? The whole, I want to write it out in detail. The impact on me, on my family, on my friends, my community, HaKadosh Baruch all of those pieces, because if you write the impact honestly, you're going to realize, this isn't what I want. This is not who I want to be. Okay, I have a handicap. We all have handicaps. We all have handicaps. Right? Anybody who not have a handicap, please raise your hand. <laughs> Somebody started raising your hand and she realized what I asked. Um, we have handicaps and it's a beautiful thing because we want to become shlaming. We want, not become, we want to work towards being shalem, complete. And Hashem will help us in every way possible. We're going to have to have some sessions just about 
relationship with Hashem, bitachon, faith, trust, how to build it, how to get it into your life. Believe me, I don't have all the answers, but the svarim do, and I can tell you what the svarim do, okay? Okay, so the first thing is what? What's the second one? Who and impact. Who? No, forget impact. No impact. Who? Who, the question is, what is the identity? Who am I, who do I want to become? I want to become an organized person. Yes? No, what is the vision? This is, we've been, no, I'm just reviewing. We've been doing this for like weeks. The, what is the vision? To be organized, right? You were busy doing something. She just What is the vision? What is the What is the vision? What is the question? What means? What's the vision? Oh, no, I'm going back to macro. I'm going back to macro. No, 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 there's nothing wrong. This is all good. This is very good. Questions are good. I just want No, no. No, I just tried to explain that looking at the impact is what inspires me to do these six steps. As an example, once I realize the price that I, my family, my friends are paying for me being disorganized, now I say, oh, I want to change things. I have a vision. In this vision, I see a person that is, and a person, that's number two. I told you, they all bleed into each other. I see me being organized. My kitchen is organized. My bedroom is organized. My projects are done on time. Shabbos is ready by the middle of the day on Friday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's the who. The identity is an organized person, right? What's the next question? Why? Why? Why is being organized in person? And that is my values. You're going today to make a list of your values as we work on the chop. No, actually, it's for this. Here, a second. You have a cardstock card. And this card says, what are the values that drive my choices? The, you're going to write five major values in your life. I'm not talking about microvisions now. What we're doing is, what we want to do is just move forward in who we are and what matters to us and what motivates us. So everyone's going to list all the values that they have. And then they're going to choose five, and you can make it more because this is your card. You could actually do ten if you want. I will allow that. But I thought it would be a good idea to choose the ones that are your priorities, but that's up to you. These values reflect who I am and what I'm living for. Now, I'm going to show you why that's important over here in a second. Okay, what's the next one? What's the next question? How, and that is plans. What plans and resources do you have in place so that you can become this new organized person? This, I'm just reviewing the six steps. You get it? Are you with me? Is anybody confused? Kamala, are you confused now? I was just looking for confused sentence, but now I see it on this page, and that, that was Okay, good. Okay. Thank you. Always ask. Always ask. Well, always. Well, always ask. I don't know what I'm talking about either, you know? It's okay. We're discovering together, everybody. Okay. How? Now. That's four. 
there are two more. The next two are when, when do I, when do, I do all this? And where, where do I do this? When, the when is behaviors. In other words, when am I changing? When am I becoming this new person and living this vision? When? Every time I do a behavior of a person with that identity, a person who is that way, I'm becoming that. For instance, let's keep going with the four instances. I'm a terribly disorganized person. I am dreaming of becoming an organized person. How do I do that? I'm going to have to uh, seek some help from a book, maybe a professional organizer, something online, a podcast. I'm going to find resources, and I'm going to make plans. And then, once I see a picture of what it would look like and I learn about it, I can make, I can start choosing behaviors that a person who is organized does. I'm going to give you, we're going to, I'm going to show you how that looks in a minute. And, and so when, every time I do a behavior, every time I do a behavior, I step into the clothes of misorganization, I am becoming misorganization. Remember last year we did the thing about trying on the clothes? It's all, remember, you, your habit, your identity emerges from your habits. Your identity emerges from your habits. You have a whole page about that in your resource book. It's designed to go back and read it. Because the Sefer HaChinuch says, through actions, you can wipe out your Yetzirah. So if I keep doing the actions and putting on the clothes of a very organized person, I am, while I do those actions, Becoming, when? Every time I do those behaviors. With behaviors had to be planned and laid out. So you can see these all blend into each other. We had to break it up so you could see all the pieces that belong in here. But when you're making the vision, you don't really separate out the who, the what, the how. It's all a piece of the picture. But you want to be sure that you have all of these criteria in there, right? And then where, that's very important because that happens in your environment. You want to create space in the place, whether it's at work or whether it's at home, where you exist. So um, I'm going to show you a couple of things about these last two. OK, thing number one, you're going to get this special card of your values. This card will be in your environment all the time. You can make copies of it. You can keep it in the car. You can keep one in your pocketbook. You can keep one in your bathroom. You can keep one in the kitchen. But everywhere you look in your environment, you are faced with your values. Because when you're feeling angry at someone or impatient or something in life isn't going well, and you look at your values, oh, that's what very, very helpful. Oh, these are Yudhoshlowen. Oh, I want to be of my identity. Oh, these things are important to me. If I keep looking at it, 
that's my environment. So everyone is going to get what I do. I'm going to give out the stuff for our first piece soon, and then we're going to move on to the hop, and you'll get other things, okay? Okay, so that's one thing. Now, hear this. I have two pages of behaviors. One says, you're going to fill it in. It says, what behaviors are in sync with my chosen identity? Right? You have to remember what your identity is. You could write it in over there. And then you have daily behaviors and bi-weekly behaviors, which means twice a week. Because you don't want to do everything every day, and you don't want to do too much either. So I have an example page to give out to you too. Now, if, if you, you want to keep this with you also, because this will remind you every day of what your behaviors are. It might take a minute at night write out your behaviors or just do it one time and then look at it regularly. Let me give you an example of this woman who is disorganized and wants to become organized. So here's an example card for you to look at and then there's a real card for you to fill out and keep and make as many copies as you want. Am I confusing you? Yes? What if your vision is very specific? Well, that's, that's fine. Well, like if one behavior. Yeah, well that was a microvision. So you can say this can be for your one this can be your one behavior. This is for you to use however you want. You don't need to use these at all, or you can use them to give you an idea of what it would look like. Here I have a vision that defines my identity, but you're right. Last week we worked on a microvision, which was just one thing. Let's say, let's say that in my quest to become an organized person, I take one micro piece and I now say, which is something that I did as a young woman with a lot of children, I'm going to clean off the kitchen table every single night before I go to bed. There will be nothing left on the kitchen table, which actually catapulted me into an understanding of how to do all of this. Oh, you choose one tiny piece that's not the way you want it to be. You make a goal, and then no matter what, what? You could be sleeping in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the night, and realize you didn't do it. You get up, you clear that kitchen table. That's a microvision. And I want to tell you something. It wasn't easy. I, I'm, staying, I'm assuming you were all here last week, so you heard me talk about the kitchen table issue. Mm -hmm. So I, I had, Baruch Hashem, a lot of children close together. And I worked, I taught and everything. And my husband was a rabbi, and it was, you know, it was challenging. <laughs> so I had a discussion with my father, and I said, I don't know where to begin. I don't know what to do. And together, we came up with, I'm going to clean off the kitchen table every night. This was before my kids were old enough for me to give somebody a job. You do the kitchen table, you sweep the floor, you put the dishes in the sink, whatever it is. I didn't have helpers. So that became my thing. So let's say in my quest to become an organized person, I write, I clean off the, the kitchen table every night. Now, for what I do daily, I can say um, right after supper, I take the, uh, the perishable foods and put them in the fridge. You break it down. The microwave is even further. Did I even have a microwave? No, but no, microwave. Oh. <laughs> 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 My brain took them fried in the microwave. <laughs> oh, I have to tell you something cute. 
at my three-year-old who's sitting in this room. Once came home from, from preschool and said to me, it was it was Harsha uh, Slepper Club, and when Abraham wouldn't bow down to the idol, they threw him in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> She's grown up to be a fairly intelligent girl. <laughs> okay. So at that point, we did have a microwave. Okay, so, I'm, so I, I just want to make sure you, um, you're, talk, you're understanding everything we're saying. As part of environment, you will walk around with a values card. If you choose, these are just suggestions. As part of your, um, when you're in, you will have a list of behaviors that you've chosen that that organized person always do. So let me, I'm going to answer your questions in a sec. Let me just go through what the suggested behaviors are for this becoming organized person. On the daily, I have a couple things. I make a list every night for the next day so that when I go to sleep at night, I know what, my, what I have to take care of, who I have to call tomorrow, and what I have to do tomorrow. I personally do that. I, per, I mean, I'm not this horribly disorganized person, but I do personally every night go through, look at my calendar, I write down everything, who I have to call, what I have to do, and then um, I hopefully do it the next day. Now, on the daily list of behaviors, this might work for you, I do at least three things on my list. I try to do them all, but I'm saying for this person who's becoming more organized, she knows herself. She's, she's starting a practice of making a list. She's not anywhere near doing everything she has to do, but she could do three things. She could throw in the cobalt uh, 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 she's making for Shabbos on a Thursday, right? She can call somebody she has to call and make an appointment. She could do three things from the list of what she put down that she should do tomorrow, because that list helps you to organize everything that's coming up. And then also daily, I have a little notebook. Everybody needs to have some kind of little notebook. We have plenty of them here, but, you know, um, living carbonated notebooks. I write down my small wins. Every small win she writes down. Because that's what successful people do, they tell me. <laughs> they write down their small wins. So that's what she put. Now for bi-weekly, she put, if you read through your workbook last week, you read about the importance of writing, which we've been talking about for a long time. So for bi-weekly, twice a week, she will spend five minutes just writing. Something happened today, I want to think it through. She just writes about it or what's going on in her life. Anything, there's no should. You just write, you'll be amazed at what comes out. And bi-weekly, I read from a book or online for 10 minutes about habits, organization, etc. So I become familiar with ideas. Or I could call a friend who's more organized. Or I could have a, a once a week, 10 minute call with a professional who coaches me on how to become more organized. Does this make sense? So you have a suggested behaviors list, and you have a behaviors list that you're going to fill out with the kinds of things that your identity person, your dream identity, would do. Okay, now a couple people had questions. Yes, Leslie. Okay, so that's very tangible. Like you can look and be like, okay, I want to be organized, and you can check it off as you do. What about those of us who have um, goals that are less tangible? Like yes. Um, I want to, I'm just giving examples, like yeah. I want to speak, speak less much of her, I want to be calmer, I want to, um, whatever it is, like something that's not, like okay. you can't point to it. Very good, very good, okay. 
So can we can can we come back to address that? This very important question. I don't want to overlook it because that's ultimately what we're getting to. Okay, that is what we're getting to, and there is what to do. But remember, remember that habits shape your identity in ruchnius also. So we want to come up with habits that will work for that. We're trying to be very um, clear and and direct in everything here, so that we get the idea of how to go about doing this. Okay, hopefully our chat is going to help us also. Dina. So I'm not sure how I understand that this person getting organized is a value. That, in other words, just until like, we're talking about values, like values, I know we're talking about values. Rabbi Strasselander says that Seder, Seder is, an, is what he gives 13 values, 13 egos. The Seder is very important. So, you know that it is. Right, yes, right. But like, I wouldn't have thought that um, that in identity, like that, is that, so you're, you're saying, therefore, it is a Rukhniya's thing. And because Carbonate is about Rukhniya, we about our spiritual you know, being. And so you can't separate. You can't separate. A person who is completely disorganized is not able to focus on working oneself. But I, the reason why I'm asking the question is because when we were saying all these things that a person would be doing, and I'm thinking, okay, so that's I'm, I'm not easy, whatever, but it's easy like to come up with to do because it's tangible. It's, yes. Uh, as opposed to values about how you think about Hashem, it's harder to come up with yes. daily. And yes. But one thing that I'm going to show you about <laughs> as we start to discuss the chak, once you learn the technique of having a goal, laying out what you're going to do for it, and then consistently sticking with it, you are on your way. And we're going to do a whole practice of that. So I think, listen, what we're trying to do is get the gestalt of this, of how a human being shifts and grows and changes. How we shift and grow and changes is A, introspection. His bonus. We've talked about that last series. We have to look at ourselves. It's not always so easy, right? It can be kind of hard to do. We want to know, but we know it by what's not working in our lives, by what's causing us discomfort, right? Something's usually causing us discomfort because it's not quite working, and we don't know why. So we sit down, we try to isolate something, and we start writing about the impact, and now what do I do? I realize that being disorganized is so unhealthy for me. I, I don't feel calm. I don't know what I'm going to do. Everything is where it shouldn't be. You can see that there are a lot of values to being organized, right? Now, that is, I would say, a physical and spiritual issue to being organized. Very much so, because also, say there affects how you think. You have to learn to think. Part of Musr that we're learning is how to think in ways that build on each other and make sense. Or when people are in pain, a lot of times people will talk to me about how everything is bad in their lives, and when you start separating out, well, wait a minute, you're pulling everything together into one big hairball. Let's pull out what's going on here. This is a challenge, but for this we have some solution. This is a separate challenge. This is all because of your interpretation of what's going on. It's so let's, let's recognize that. And when a person can, with their mind, organize what's happening and what's not working, now they have a chance to move forward. This I have to accept. This I can work on. 
this, I know who I can go to, to to figure out this piece. Like somebody, God forbid, is in an accident and they get hurt, and then after surgery, they have to go to the PT and they have to go to the OT and they have to go to the therapist and they have, right, so they have to go through all these things because each one is a different issue. So you want to look at the picture and figure out what can we do to make this person function again, right? So this is just a way for you to say, oh, I have a mahalach. I have a plan. I have a road. If I follow the road signs, I will eventually get there. That's how it works. It's not a question. It's not will I get there. I will get there if I do these things. I will transform. I will transcend the old me. If I want to become a lover, I can become a lover. If I want to become a woman of faith and serenity, I can become a woman of faith and serenity. Nothing can stop me. I know why it's important. I know the impact when I'm not that way. And then I know what steps to take. I dream. I get a picture of myself. Wouldn't it be beautiful if? And I dream about who I can be. And then I say, okay, how would a person like that act? But why does it matter to me? What are my values? And, and what could I put in the world around me that will give me the impetus to keep trying? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to resist it. As it says on the cover, <laughs> A person must pay attention to her obligation in this world, which naturally we ignore. Okay? We have to overcome that. This is what helps us to overcome that. Every woman in this room has tremendous greatness, unlimited greatness. Are we tapping into it? Don't we want to? We were put here for a reason. We were given that greatness for a reason. Well, are we paying attention to everything that's wrong? Or are we just, I, I'm good enough the way I am? Which is fine, Ooh, fine, that's what you want. But meanwhile, you're robbing yourself of who you could be and what you could give to the world which we're going to talk more about at another time, Mr. Shan. Yes, Kitty. So when you're talking about haters and coyotes, which is obviously something very tangible, some of the issues for me is a lot of the, a lot, a lot of the legal things that I seek to work on, they come from a, a mindset, a way of thinking. Eventually, they'll lead to an undesirable behavior. But at that point, it's too late. You have to fix it the way of thinking first. So I'm like, okay, how do I, what's the action to fix the way of thinking? Okay, so that's a thought. <laughs> do you understand my issue? Yeah, I do. So there are two, there are two, you can come from two ways. We, again, we talked about what thoughts are. Remember we brought in the neurons? For those of you who were here in the last thing, every thought is just a physio, physiological snap and electrical, right? One thing we want to do, is master our thoughts. That is a very big deal. We're actually gonna talk about that also, but not yet, we have to get there. We have to learn to master our thoughts. That's number one. And um, Bitochan helps a lot with that too. Because if I wanted to, like I could do, let's say, let's say, um, let's say I'm hitting my children, and I wanna, okay, I wanna change that. At the point that someone is hitting their children, it's too late, right? right, right. So if they're also gonna be kissing their children, then they're just, they're just doing two things, hitting and kissing. That's not going to work, right? No. When you have to change something 
which is a cross, right? Well, that's when we talk about fear. Most of the things that we do that are wrong or hurtful or this or that come from fear. People who hit their children, it's always in fear. So that's why we spend time talking about identifying for ourselves what's the fear behind this action? What's the fear behind the way I talk and lose myself when I talk to that person? There's always, always fear. So that is a very important thing, which we, the reason we talked about it before this is because if we're not aware of our fears, that's part of our limiting beliefs. Remember, you can't overcome your limiting beliefs. Now, one way of starting to overcome limiting beliefs is through action. Because as you watch yourself taking different actions of the person that you want to be, you say, oh my gosh, I just did the action of that person. But you always have to pay attention to your thoughts and to the fear. That's a, there's so much to work on, you know? But that's why we did it in that order. Remember we started with the fear, identifying the fear, because that's what makes you lose yourself. Does that make sense? Am I making sense to you? Yes. So I think one of the gaps that I'm having is a lot of the examples we're using are on self-mastery. I know I need to be here and if I do these actions. But I think for myself, sometimes it's relational. Like we know that we're supposed to be a good good mother, good wife, good you know, daughter, good, right? right. So if I want to be a good pet owner and, <laughs> and I'm here and I'm like, okay, I know like what value I'm supposed to take care of animals. Okay, so now, I'm gonna go home every day and I'm going to scratch my cat behind the ear. Perfect. Right? That's my action. But then I go home and I scratch and they like claws my eye out. Right? <laughs> like, okay, I understand Hashem gave me that cat because I'm supposed to work on something. Yes. Right? I understand my fear is I'm going to make myself vulnerable and I'm gonna lose an eye. Like, <laughs> right, good point. Like, okay. So what would we do? Let's take a look at this. I'm a good pet owner. I want to be someone that is compassionate. Well, uh, I'm a good mother. I'm a good mother. Okay, and that's my identity: is an patient, loving, quality mother. Um, why? All the values of being a good mother. A lot of values to being a good mother, right? Okay. How? Now, on the how, I have to know who my children are in order for me to be a good mother to them. This child needs this. This child needs this. This child needs that. So what do I do? I need to take a course. I need to see a, a, a counselor. I need to have my child tested. I need to read some books. I need to find out what it is I'm afraid of when I interact with them and I get angry at them. I'm probably afraid that I'm not good enough. I'm probably afraid that they're not going to turn into good people. So all of the work that we've been doing would go down into your writing about this. I can come home and I can hug my child and he's going to say, no, I don't want you to hold, hug me. That happens sometimes with children. So then I need to know what's going on with him. He doesn't, what, why, is it just that he has sensory issues? Is it that he's angry at me? Is it that he doesn't feel secure? You have to do the thinking. 
And so you don't, you don't just become that wonderful mother, right? And then you say, okay, what are some behaviors that a wonderful mother would do? Well, she would have clean clothes for her children. She would have the proper food for her children. She would make an effort to figure out each child and what they need. She would seek help, resources, direction, counseling. Make sense? And then she make a small list of actions that she hasn't done until now that she wants to start to do and start practicing them. Once you start, when I cleared the kitchen table every night, I felt empowered. I felt empowered. Oh my gosh, I really can swim through the mud. Yes. So going along with the lines of that question, so I think, at least for me, I think for a lot of people, the issue sometimes comes in the reactions. It's like where you have your plan and this is how I'm going to be, and then the other person does it from them. So if that's most of my like visions are about reactions and uh -huh. responses, then where does the practical behavior come in there? That's like. Like well, I understand, okay, I'm going to react this way, but what's the like proactive behavior then? Okay, so if you know your patterns of how you react, then you already know that there are certain thoughts that go through your mind that you are scared of something. So as part of this, as part of this, you have to look at yourself, and, and, and this happens in the impact work too, right? What is it I'm afraid of? Why do I respond this way? I was told to go home and give my child a hug. This many times a day you have to touch your child, okay? So I try to touch my child, I try to give them a hug, um, and then they don't react right and then they misbehave or this or that. Oh, so, um, it's out the window. If you go into doing that with fear that you don't know how to do it and you're gonna blow it and they're not gonna react right, then you give up. But if you're doing what you need to do and what you have thought about and prepared and if you know what your fear is, you can start talking about it with someone, looking at it, what is the evidence for this fear? Why do I have this fear? Where did it come from? When did it start? Is this fear true? Does this fear make rational sense? You can do work on the fear, constantly on the fear, and you, here's a big place where you build your bitachon, which we have to do, that's a piece we have to learn how to do, the more you can let go and accept what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given you in your experiences in life, whatever traumas you went through, whatever difficulties you went through, what your parents were like to you, what you experienced from friends, how you got embarrassed and humiliated from the teacher. And you begin to see, oh, these things really impact my fears. And you begin to see that they're not real. They're not real. They're just decisions. They're limiting beliefs you made when you were little. They're not real. You've outgrown them. You're bigger. You're transcending them. <laughs> I am a worthy person. I am a good mother. And I don't know that I'm a good mother because of how my children behave. I know that I'm a good mother because I'm devoted. I'm committed. I'm learning. I'm practicing. I'm controlling myself more. And I'm dealing with my fears. So, you know, here it just looks very cut and dry, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I am so happy to help groups or whatever to just really think about this and get, that's where the writing at the end of the workbook last week we gave out, the writing is so important because it helps you to get to what you don't know consciously. That's why it's so important.
So I'm going to give out these things, and you'll know that this is all part of the six steps of a vision. Everybody clear on that? Okay. Now I want to go into the hop. Okay. Now, for the hop, I'm going to tell you how it works. Please listen carefully. Okay. For, we are only meeting tonight, and then we're meeting Amir Sashem on February 20th, which is five, the end of five weeks from tonight, which gives us five weeks to practice skills. You won't want to. But if you do practice, you're going to get each week a challenge. And what? But you're going to reward us. <laughs> no, we're going to reward you. You're going to have a big reward on, ja- on February 20th. And challenges are Yes, hopefully. Now, you're going to get everything you want and everything you need. Everyone is going to get a little booklet that says the chap keeping me accountable. There is one page per week. For the first two weeks, we put the challenge in there because we're going to give out those challenges tonight for week one and week two. For week three, we didn't put in the challenge yet, but we will be sending it to you on email. And we will be very clear explaining it and explaining it and explaining it. Okay? And now, oh, sorry. So now, I completed the chap keeping me accountable, because CHAP stands for Chabura Application Accountability Practice. I'm going to tell you what you're going to get from this, but first, for, here's, the, for, here's week three. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It always starts on a Wednesday because we're giving out the CHAP on Tuesday. I'm giving it out tonight. So it starts tomorrow, right? Okay. And then you're going to, today I, and you write down what you did for that challenge. It'll take you 10 seconds and you put a little check. At the end of the week, there's a comment space. You can write the comment. We said, after completing this challenge for one week, I have learned that and I feel. If you want to write a comment, you write a comment. If you don't want to write a comment, you don't want to write a comment. But if you write a comment, you have now made it deeper in your brain because you have to think about what you got from this. And when you have to think, and come up with something, a produce a thought for a, a result. It's more in you. So this is all for you to do. This has five weeks worth of accountability chart. So far, is that clear? Okay. Now, oh, I forgot one other thing. Sorry. <laughs> for the first part of the evening, we were talking about the six steps. I thought it would be a good idea. Whether you choose a micro-vision identity or a macro-vision identity, keep this with you. This is part of environment. If you have your identity with you, when you start to flail, oh, wait a minute, who am I being? So it says, my identity. I am a writer, healer, organized person, uh, uh, artist, whatever you're dreaming of being, woman of faith. Uh, uh, a patient woman, okay? You put it there and it says, I think like a, and you write again your identity, woman of faith. I speak like a woman of faith. I do the actions that a woman of faith does. I, Miriam, am a woman of faith. When you write that down, you're making a commitment to yourself. 
So you've got this with you in your environment. You've got your values with you in your environment, right? You've got your resource book with you in your environment. You've got your behaviors with you, which is the, the where, the when, all the time I act in those behaviors. You've got all these things with you in your environment. This is a support to you. It's like having your own support group with you all the time. Now, my hope is that you're going to make arrangements with the people in your chabura that when you get your challenge for the week, you keep each other accountable. You might want to make a WhatsApp thing where you just shoot out to each other every day that week, I've done the challenge. You, each chabura decide how you want to do it. This is your work. This is for you to do. I'm just offering you ideas. There's nothing better than a support group holding you accountable. Nothing better. Hi, guys. I did it today. It was hard, but I did it. So now let me tell you what the first challenge is that starts tomorrow and ends next Tuesday night, which you will fill out in your Tashem in your accountability book. Now listen, we're talking five weeks, okay? Here's what you can get from five weeks of doing an action every day with a goal that's given to you every day. Number one, you get used to the idea of doing something every day that keeps you connected to your greatest self, to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and to your deep, deep inner voice. Number two, you're going to have different types of things that you're working on, so you'll get familiar with different kinds of goals. And then you can choose which, one, which type of thing really worked for me. I didn't like week three, but week one was really powerful, or, or however. So you're being exposed to different types of challenges and learning yourself, right? And you're getting the practice of being consistent and maybe doing something you don't really like so much, but it only takes a minute. It only takes a thought and all you do is, these are not big deals. These are not big deals, but you're gonna stay consistent now. For five weeks, you're gonna stay accountable and stay consistent. You can't be the same person after you've done this. You can't be the same person that you were at the beginning of the five weeks after you've done this for five weeks. I don't care what the goal is each day. If the goal is 30 jumping jacks every morning and you do 30 jumping jacks every morning, you have fulfilled the goal, you've experienced that type of goal, you've been consistent, you've been accountable. You're a person who's mastering yourself. You're choosing life. We are choosers. We don't want to be choosers. We want to be reactors. Comfortable? And then react when we have to. True? Okay. But we are transcending into choosers. Because that's what a Jew is. And we will not let life defeat us. We will be masters. So I want to explain the first chap. Okay. This is the second one. <laughs> okay. If you remember, we, on page three, you don't have to look at it. You don't have to look at it. I'm going to remind you of it. We talked about where, in Kohelis, it says, Lech echol b'simcha lachmecha. Go home and eat with pleasure. Eat your bread, your food with pleasure, and drink your wine with ushisos yenecha. Remember that? And we talked about how the, the Svas Emes said the following. He said, there's only one thing that is simcha. There's one thing that 
gives you great, great joy. And um, before I tell you what that one thing is, I'm going to remind you, just going to go back and remind you of what we talked about that night. Okay? We talked about the fact that when Chava, Adam and Chava ate from the Eitz Hadas, they fractured the intertwining of the physical and spiritual with which the world was created. We were not supposed to have the physical so starkly separate from the spiritual. It was the intertwining that Gitti so beautifully designed for us. When she ate from that tree, she now gave the physical part of this DNA intertwinement, pulled it away from the spiritual and gave it its own importance, its own existence. And now we live in a world where the physical has actual importance itself. Materialism has become something that matters, and it can be actually separated from the source of our being, which is the Yitzhak But everything he gave us in the physical, everything he created in the physical world, even the laws of nature, come from a moral edict that he put into the world. It can't be separated. So, for instance, when we take challah from challah, we take a piece from a challah, and we make a bracha, and when we had a kohenim in Eretz Yisrael, we took the piece of challah and gave it to the kohen. That's what he ate. Why? Because, yes, I, I plowed the ground. Yes, I planted the seeds. Yes, I harvested everything. Yes, I ground the wheat. Yes, I made the food. I'm a big person. I did a lot of good stuff only because the Rebbe Hashem gave me the ability to. And I show him that by taking a piece of it and saying, you know what, Hashem, I worked hard for this, and I feel satisfied, but I know it's you. And thereby, we elevated the physical back to the source. You remember that? Even if you don't. Do you understand that? Okay. So I'm going to tell you what this page says. Um... The essence of simcha when you elevate everything to the source, to the root, which is HaKadosh Baruch Okay? So now for this next week, you're going to choose one action each day and connect it from the physical world to the neshama world. <clears throat> the archetype of this kind of action is HaFrash HaZchala. We can choose any action or pleasure and elevate it. You take a shower, you can thank Hashem for the hot water. You know, I just, there one, one uh, hostage came out and she was saying 55 days she didn't have one shower. Not a shower. Besides the fact that her arm was blown off and they taped it to her body with a plastic thing and pulled her by her hair into the car to take her to the hot. It was horrific, but not a shower. Now, how many of us can go a week without a shower? Some, for some people, a day without a shower. 55 days. You take a pleasure in life and you connect it back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a recognition that he gave it to us. He gave us homes with showers. He gave us hot water. He gave us towels to wrap ourselves in. He gave us soap or shampoo or whatever it is you like to use in the shower. Why did he do that? It's a pleasure. It's pleasure, and it's also Nikayon is one of Rabbi Shlomo Salanta's um, mitos. 
to keep oneself to honor your body. That there is so much in taking a shower. So we don't think about it, you know? So our job, one thing a day, when it's either a pleasure or an action or something, and we, we say, Kodesh Baruch Hu, this is from you and thank you. You're elevating it and now you're binding, recreating the harmony that the world was created with, in the physical and the spiritual. But I added another piece. And that other piece is that it is especially powerful if you take something that you achieved, that you worked hard at and you achieved, such as the person who plowed the field and planted the weed and did all the stuff, and then they grind the weed and then, this is my hollow, look what I produced. Then it's a little bit harder for us to say, oh, Kodesh Baruch it was you. Or you do something at, at, at you know, oh, so, I have a little paragraph here that says it's especially effective if you choose something that requires effort and something that gives us satisfaction when we accomplish it. Then it's a little bit harder to say it was Hashem. So I gave some examples on the back. For instance, you clean and organize a room or a closet and now it is so efficient and so great and you put it feels so good. You know what I mean? How it feels so good. Oh, I love this. I did it. It really works. Kodesh Baruch thank you for the time, the materials, the intelligence, the ability, the willingness, the strength. This is a gift from you. But I did all the work. So like there's a, here, another thing. Bathing children and putting them in pajamas. It's a big job. You're tired. It's the end of the day, right? You want to get them ready for bed. Oh, I got the kids bathed. I put them in pajamas. I didn't yell at anybody. We had a good time. I feel good. Kodesh Baruch thank you. Thank you for enabling me to do this for the children and give them a good experience, keep their bodies clean, you know, whatever it is. Or, um, especially, completing an artistic endeavor where you express yourself in some way, such as painting a picture, writing a really good essay or article, fixing a hem or a seam and then it looks so good. Keeping a plant alive. Oh, I'm keeping this plant alive. <laughs> Baking something delicious for family or friends. Right? Sometimes you make something special and you take it over to a family and you, ah, oh, I feel good. It came out so beautiful. It looks so nice. I, you feel good, right? It's all kosh So one thing each day for a week, can you do that? Yes. That's your challenge number one. And then at the end of the day, you write what you did and that you attributed it to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? And you let your group know somehow. And if you want, you can all talk with me about what this is like. It's hard to do. Oh, I don't want to fill it in tomorrow. You know, but, okay, it's up to you to use how you use. At the end of the week, you have done seven, wait, wait, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, eight, because the week is really eight. I mean, you think it's seven, but it's really eight. But whatever it is, you've done a week. You've done a week of practicing, attributing something in your life that you take for granted, whether it's something you accomplished or something pleasurable or whatever it is, attributing it to Kodesh Baruch bringing it so that it's not physical separate from spiritual. That's topic number one. That's challenge number one. You got that? You all understand that? Yes. I'm glad you're asking this. Are these connected to sometimes the 
precision. I've got like a really pretty vision, but like sometimes it gets too much to see. So are we connecting? With no. I'm so I meant to say that. Thank um, you. Listen, what we're doing here is training ourselves. We're doing uh, several things at one time. We're training ourselves to choose a behavior and be consistent with it. That's the bottom line, what we're training ourselves. We need that training, and eventually we can apply it to whatever vision we have. This is separate from vision. Thank you for asking that. that I meant to make that clear. This is, this is enhancing our skills and our ability we'll be able to use. That's thing number one. Everybody get that? Number two, we are connecting ourselves to Akush Baruchu every day through this one action. That will be the goal every week. So we're building our connection to him, which will then give us the confidence to know I have a relationship with him. He's saying that I want to grow. I'm reaching out to breathe him. You see what I'm saying? All of this can come around to help us in every way. It is any step you take stepping towards him. Now he'll have a group of women that every day are thinking of him and that he is the source of their life. Do you think that'll give him nachas? I think it's gonna give him great nachas. And it's one thing when one person does it, but when a whole group of women in the city do it, do you know what that means? That's amazing. That is amazing. You have it at the beginning, the very beginning of last time's series, the power of when a group does something as opposed to just one person, and what it brings about in the world. And you know, the world is a dangerous place now. Akkadosh Baruch was clearly asking us to show him that he's part of our lives. That's what he's trying to do. One of the things, and we're doing it. That's amazing. We are doing it. Pain in the neck, yes, but we're doing it. So that's what we can get from this hop. The hop? Okay, that's number one. So I'm going to give out that with the accountability book. Now, because I have you here, I'm also going to give out number two. The others will have to do an email and make it as clear as possible so that you will have it by Tuesday mornings so that you can prepare yourself for what you have to start. Okay? We're going to be on top of that. I want you to hear the second week challenge. Are you ready? Am I seeing confused faces? Are you are you with this? Does it make sense? I know you're tired. You're all tired. I know. I understand. We're going to be done soon. I always try to make it as soon as possible. Then I talk too fast, and then we have a lot of questions. Because I talk too fast. But you're looking at me like I'm weird. I know I am. My vision is one day to not be weird. But I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I mean, I am weird. <laughs> okay, the chav. We all are. We're all weird. We are weird. We're all weird. Okay, just accept the fact we're weird. We're human. Humans are so complex and so weird. Okay, if you had seen me as a teenager, that's weird. Challenge number two. We're going to practice neshama principle number one. Neshama principles are in your booklet, which it says here. See page six of pamphlet, what is the purpose of my existence? My mouth speaks only love. This week, one time a week, a day. A week would be good even. One time a day, this is what it says. Once each day, shift 
from a critical, impatient, sarcastic, negative, or controlling statement to words that express appreciation, admiration, love, and connection, no matter what the other person is doing. I didn't write that there. This includes the tone and facial expression during the communication. I gave you an example, which you're going to hate, but I put it there anyway. Here's the example. You forgot to take out the garbage again. That's not a loving statement, is it? No. Not so loving. So here's what you could say. I am so appreciative that you take care of taking out the garbage. It feels like we're a team and making things work at home. Now this could be a roommate, it could be a daughter, it could be a husband, it could be anybody. Um, I, it, I feel, it, it feels like we're a team and making things work at home. I think it's full right now. Do we have a minute? It's really all one. So if I, I actually have here to make this, I have an idea of how to make it happen. You want to hear how to make it happen? Here are some suggestions. And I, you're so sweet. Thank you very much. I, I'm gonna um, I, actually. I really, if we have time, I really would like to get work this out with you now. Like, let's get more suggestions and write them on the papers and stuff like that for for both things. But here, I will keep my list of values handy and look at it when I'm forgetting my goals. If you have your values with you, when you speak that day, it'll be different. It will be, but you have to keep it in front of your eyes. I remember that I'm required to imitate the midos of Hashem, which we learned from Zeh, Kelev, and Vehu. This is a Kodesh Baruch I will imitate his midos. How does he talk to us? What does he do for us? Every day I give him garbage. He takes it out for me. You know what I'm saying? Patient, patient, loving, kind. Uh, let's imitate him. Um, I will love and respect myself and feel good when I share that love. A lot of the way we talk that is not loving and positive is because we don't like ourselves. And we feel bad about ourselves. And then we've got the fear, the bad feelings, and then comes out of our mouths. I will trust that every frustration and difficulty that others bring to me comes from Hashem. It's all from Hashem. So he didn't take out the garbage now. Hashem's saying, okay, what are you going to do about this? And I will look for the good in others and see their greatness below the surface. These are really a lot of the Neshama principles. So that's your second week challenge, okay? Um, the first week challenge has a front and a back. The second week challenge is only the front. So now, I want to take a few minutes to make sure that everybody, let's just, let's just look at what we did tonight. We started by just reviewing all the different steps 
for when we're ready, we may not be ready to do a vision right, but we can start dreaming and writing and stuff, right? Okay, so that's, that's that. We, the, the six steps, and now we're just going to practice a little bit. Behaviors, you're going to make a little list. Environment, you're going to have things around wherever you are that remind you of who you are. Create an environment. Then we stopped that and we went on to the hop idea. I'm going to give out these things now. And you're going to get your accountability little notebook. You'll arrange with your kabura how you make it happen. You're going to get the two hop um, uh, uh, challenges. Yes? And I'm going to give you the cards for your environment and your behaviors. So don't, don't go. Let's just give these out so you have it. And then I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts about these challenges? What are your ideas about how to actually do them? And let's just make it happen as much as we can for each other. Can you, can you take five, 10 minutes now and, and do this together? Okay, Rachel, would you give everybody one of these, please? Okay, and then can I ask you, could I bother you with this? Is, this is challenge number two. Okay, you're going to get your accountability thing, your challenge number two. Um, oh, thank you, Betsy. Betsy's going to give you challenge number one, okay? And I will give out um, the cards. I'm going to give out your identity cards. And with the card, I ask you to give out the values card. Okay, then everybody should ask, are you everything? I mean, I'm just going to say,
Yes, those, okay, let me just tell them these are the two. One is an example, one is a problem. Ladies, now I'm giving you, I'm giving you, I'm giving you the behavior for you to figure, fill out at an example card. Remember, you get an example and an empty one. So, here, you give that, I'll give these. What else am I supposed to be giving out? Okay, now, Hannah Silverman made a very good point. This is a, a good point for me to, to bring up. Ladies, um, does everybody understand that we did two separate parts tonight? Look, just, just give me your attention for a minute before I let you out, before you let school out. Here, I'll get this, I'll get this. Um, do you all understand that we spent some time finishing the last two steps, which were behaviors and environment? And now we're moving on to kind of tell them what, what we're doing with the comp. You made a very good statement. 
You might like challenge number one and hate challenge number two. You <coughs> might find challenge number two is something you want to continue working with your whole life, which I hope you will because it's in the Shama principle. So we're exploring and we're all, okay? Now, I'd like to hear comments about this. What are you worried about? What is an idea of what you think you can do for connecting to the source? What's some way that you can decide that you're, today I'm going to speak with love? What, let me hear from you. How are you going to apply this? Yes. The issue with the Neshama principle. So, my problem is not so much what comes out of my mouth, although that is a problem. That's um, in here. But it's it's what I'm feeling inside. Yes. If I'm doing something for someone and they're driving me crazy, <clears throat> I don't let them know it. But I know that inside I'm seething. Exactly. The whole point of this first Neshama principle is, like the Chavetz Chaim says. You cannot muzzle your mouth. It's not always going to work. Therefore, if you're going to be speaking love, what do you got to do? You got to learn to love. <laughs> now, some of the, the other Neshama principle is I look for the good in everything and everyone. I seek connection with Hashem and others. I trust that everything Hashem brings into my life is right and good for me. So as we learn to let go of what we want, Give people the right to be who they are. Like I said before, and I was only half joking, I'm weird. And somebody said, we're all weird. She's right. And there will be things that you do that I absolutely can't understand. I can't understand how you could do that. But guess what? There are things about me that you can't understand why I could do that or think that way. Give the other person the right to exist as who they are. And they can drive you crazy. But they're who they are. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. How many times in life do you deal with somebody you cannot understand that they could be saying this or, or thinking this? It's insane. What are you talking about? So there's like so, so let's say you're doing something for someone, you do this all up there, you're doing them a favor, and then they're super rude, like very rude. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like mm -hmm. You're the Exactly, yeah. okay. exactly. So for me, so I did the best that I could. I tried to imitate Hashem. I tried to do chesed. We're going to talk about that. Why, uh, really, Reb Chaim Belajna talks about why you're in this world, which is only for Zulaso, only for the other person. I tried to do that. Now, is there anything that I did that might have made them been patronizing or made them feel like, you know, bad about? So if there's nothing that I did, then they, they're dealing with their own stuff. And it's easy to say, and it's hard to do. But that's the fact of the matter. We're all going to give other people a lot of pains in the neck. And we just we can't understand it. Did you, I don't know if you heard this, this, um, this thing that, that happened with an interview of the of BBC. I'm going to call you in a minute, but this is like the perfect example. There's a guy being interviewed by the BBC. He's a very, I don't remember his name. He's a very, I might have told you this already. He's a very good representative of the IDF. He speaks with an English accent. Did I tell you this? With the eyebrows? So I heard part of it on the radio because somebody told me this and they told me somebody, some people who saw him said, oh, he's that IDF spokesperson who has very expressive eyebrows. He 
his eyebrows are always going like this, and it's distracting because you look at the eyebrows. <laughs> you know how the BBC, the BBC hates the Jews. So when they first decided on the hostage exchange, we were all distressed to hear that for every host, Jewish hostage, they're gonna, we have to give them three Palestinian guys, three Palestinian prisoners, many of whom had, were attempted murderers and stuff like that, but no, they're women and children. They're women and children. Yeah. yeah, they're women murderers. They're children murderers. Okay, but fine. So this is what the BBC guy said, said to him. You know, we're all thinking that the Israel does not respect the Palestinian people. What, what do you mean? Well, you think that they're subhuman. What do you mean by that? Well, you think that one Israeli is equal to three Palestinians. So there's, of course, the Jews are bad because they're three prisoners for every Jewish hostage. So the guy's eyebrows, apparently, I didn't see it, but they went up to the top of his head. <laughs> so, but you understand, I've encountered this in my lifetime. I've encountered where I've done things for someone or been there for someone, and then they'll say something to me, and I could feel my eyebrows flying up <laughs> above my hairline. What on earth are you talking about? What world are you living in? Has this never occurred to you? This is, it's, 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 sometimes people say and do shocking things. And then we have to say, Akash Baruch I'm letting go. It's your world. This is your person. Help me to love them. They have a right to existence too, just like I do. Yes. I think that and then I have to get to for me that the really, really, really helps in this type of situations is remembering that Hashem is giving me exactly what I am supposed to have. And that this forget about what, what they're going through, why they're doing it's not your business. They're a, they're a messenger from Hashem. And they're giving me exactly the test that I'm supposed to have right now. Exactly. And so then then there's it makes everything, you know, first of all Hashem is keeps giving us and how we act to him, he keeps giving us and giving us, yes. giving us and giving us and what we do. Yes. And so we're going in Hashem's ways if we can do that. But even if we can't do that, if we just remember, remember. that Hashem is running the perfect world for me, right. I'm getting exactly what I'm supposed to have. This person, I'm doing, I'm trying to do chesed, I'm trying to do my best, and Hashem knows that, and this is what I'm supposed to have, and so this is from Hashem. Exactly. I think that, that makes yeah. all the anger and all the impatience really and the helps. acceptance of other people. But they just happen to be the messenger. For what that's, Hashem's trying to give me. That's correct. It's on your page. Everything, okay. all the frustrations <laughs> come from Hashem. Right. You're 100% right. 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 And, but it, it really it helps, helps everything. But, really. This, but Dina, it takes, you know, what you're saying is really true. It takes practice. Yeah. All day. Everything is Hashem. Everything. And, and that's why one, yes. one of the things, one of the things we're going to talk about, you know, Yosef HaTzadik, as he went in and out of every room, everywhere that he wasn't, it's because home, Hashem was on his lips. He spoke Hashem all the time. So what we want to do, one of the things we're going to work on is making Hashem a constant reality in our lives. Deep one. Not just on our lips. You start with it on your lips. We're going to do a Yerushalmi that talks about how it should never move from your lips. And we're going to talk about that in your Hashem. But your lips, your thoughts, that's why when you attribute something in your life to the source, that's what you're doing. He gives me all these beautiful, good, and pleasurable things. He gives me accomplishments. He gives me strengths. And he gives me challenges, too, that are just for me, just right for me. Because he loves me so much, he cares of me exactly. We were talking before about how you have to know about each of your children and what they need, and they all need different things. What do you think about us? 
Nobody here has the same life. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's the same insides. You know what I'm saying? It's so incredible to think about it. It's incredible what he does for us. It's incredible. Right there. Tamima. I believe that even if you're even if you're like able to do another person like that and feel like, okay, this person is in a different world than I'm in and that we're um, maybe not like fully understanding each other, but I respect their right to exist. I find it hard for me to still have a relationship with them. Yeah. Meaning like I can have that mindset and I can be like Okay, so you know if this is a subject that makes you very upset, like you know, then we we back out of it. I can even apologize. I can talk about that, I, even if I don't feel like necessarily I get the, the full one to blame or whatever. But then it's like, but then moving forward, if I still want a relationship with you, it's very difficult to have a relationship with the person. You're right. The starting talk about that you don't have to be friends with everyone. What if it's not friends? What if it's like then you have to work and work and work. <laughs> <laughs> there are times where you have to have a relationship. That is true. And then what Nina just said is true. Hashem gave you that person in your life specifically for you. Things don't take a run. But even that, like even they'll say the things that you're supposed to hear. You know, it's like, it's, I think it's, we I really, really have to believe that Hashem gives us specifically, exactly to the detail of what we need. But that's a lifetime of Avroda. A lifetime of Avroda. It's easier when it doesn't relate to other people. Yeah, of course. Other people are the hardest thing in the world. Ladies, you are so tough. Other people are, this is, Anybody could be at Sadegas if there was nobody else in the world. I would be a great driver if there was no one else on the road. <laughs> <laughs> You're all the problem. Get out of your cars. Let me have the road. Okay. I think in terms of relating to other people, it's difficult. Like, yes, you work on your own things, but that if you have to have that relationship, that's where boundaries come in. So that's good. That's very good. Very good. On. Boundaries, yes, yes. They're always, and part of the boundaries is that this is what I will do, this is what I can do, I love you, I care about you, this is what I can do. To this limit, we will be in relation. Right, right, boundaries are fine. Now, if it's a child, so the boundaries will look different than with an adult, because with a child, there are boundaries, but you do have to take care of them and always be with them and whatever, but, but yes, there's so much to each one of these, they're all saying such important things. That's why we have to keep working and that's what living carbonated is. That this was something Hashem gave me to deal with. Because he loves me and he knows my greatness. So turn to him for help. Turn to him for help. When you just can't handle it, you say to him, I can't handle it. You have to do this. I can't. I want to, and I can't. I'm giving it to you. That you, you you throw your burden on Hashem and He carries it for you. I'll give you. But, well, you know, when we come to, I could run on the board now, but when we come to, we're going to be tough, and we're going to give a, I'm going to give you a lot of quotes. But if you want, I'd be happy to. Now. Anyway, you, you can go now. Thank you for <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Please do the work. Start your your class tomorrow.
Yes, it's right here. 